May those who are able please rise for the call to worship. Brothers and sisters, it is a delight to be worshiping the Lord together. It is a delight to give God thanks and grace. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us open with our hymn of praise, number 400, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
Let us rise and greet one another with the love and peace of Jesus Christ. Yeah, all the sides are on the same 
I'm saying this horribly. Purple would be on one side, green would be on another, and so on, and yellow. Absolutely. And so what you get is this really, really complex thing. But did you know that the way to solve these is actually one simple formula? I don't know it clearly, but <laughs> those who do, the same formula will help you get any square the right side of the cube that you want it to be. And by doing, using that same formula, you can get every little piece, one thing at a time, where it needs to be. Now, we can kind of think of ourselves as Rubik's cubes, can't we? And I think this is especially apt because I don't think anyone here knows how to solve these, so this really works well. So imagine we are all Rubik's cubes. We're all kind of jumbled messes. We, we're not quite perfect. We make mistakes. We've got yellow where the purple should be and blue where the purple should be. We've got pink where the blue should be. We're all kind of jumbled and messy. But God knows the secret to solving this. God is the one who we can go and can make us from this jumbled mess into a nice perfect cube. But we can't do that on our own because we don't know how to do it. We can't do it on our own. It's only with God that we can become the perfect cubes. And I really wish I had a solved one to show you because I think that would help a bit more with the illustration. But whenever you try to play with your Rubik's Cube and you try to solve it, just remember how hard that is. And it's just as hard to be this perfect person. But with God, we can be perfect. And with God, we can be neater and he can take away our flaws and he can help us be much better on them. So thank you. Can we pray? Dear God, we know that we are messy and we are jumbled just like the Rubik's Cube, but we know that with God, he can help us be neat and clean and much, much better. We thank you for the many helps that you give us through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
in that role, um, it's just wonderful and uh, really uplifting to have that kind of a welcome to come in on a, on a tired Sunday morning. So thank you all for that. That's a huge joy for me. Are there any other joys this morning? Yes. I, I'd be in trouble if I had to say it was a joy to raise up the 15 celebrate 26 years of marriage with the greatest wife in the world. She puts up with them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy anniversary. That's exciting. <laughs> Any other joys this morning? Any other concerns? Yes. My stepmother, who's 97 years old, and she's in the Elmira Hospital, and she's very, very ill, and she's been a devout um, Methodist for like 75 years. So, wow. Um, she really needs our prayers. Absolutely. Her name is Clara Borowski. Clara, what was the last name? Borowski. I'll do my best. Okay. Are there any other? Oh, sorry. Thank you. Absolutely. Are there any other concerns this morning? Then let us pray. (coughs) 
Heavenly Father, we come before you out of gratitude for this beautiful morning. For the friends and family who visit us at home or the friends and family we see here in your house of worship. We thank you for love that lasts a long time, even 26 years. We thank you for the continued hospitality and love that is shown by all the people in this congregation and in this congregation. We thank you, Lord, for uh, trips with the in-laws, for surviving things that may seem unsurvivable. We thank you for uh, successful surgeries and your guiding the hands of medical professionals and your healing grace. We thank you, Lord, for watching over our friends and family even as they travel abroad or as they travel here to see us. We also lift up to you, Lord, those many people who need your help. For Mark or <clears throat> for Mark or Jane, for those who are going in for surgery or are under medical treatment, for Clara who is very ill at an amazing and inspiring 97 years of age. We ask for your healing, for your comfort and grace in these matters, and we ask that you be with all of those professionals who are working with them. We also, Lord, lift up all of those people who are trying to find housing. We ask that you find a place for them that all of those who are able to open their arms and their hearts. And we just ask for your continued guidance and love and mercy. We also ask, O oh God, for you to, uh, to be with all of those who are going through divorce, that even in such a difficult and painful time, that your grace and your love be felt. We also ask of God for your protection and your help at all the colleges and universities, that all the struggles they face and the per pervading fear of shootings that is happening at these institutions. We just ask that you help them all to uh, come together and to find their way, that people may feel safe and may find their education and get where they need to go easily, affordably, and peaceably. We also lift up to you, Lord, the names of all those people for whom we pray throughout the week, <clears throat> including Betty Berlou, Emily Davies, Mike Davis, Andrea, Becky Moore, Sally Anthony, Bobby Kennedy, Kay Moore, John Captain. Scott Jones, Eric Moore, Kyle Rieger, and Sue Cross and Brizolero. We also ask, O Lord, that you unite us in spirit with all of those who are unable to worship alongside us, including Luella Davis, Bob and Rita Hughes, Bernie Jones, Shirley Kitchener, Helen Mason, and Bobby Mosley. And Lord, even while we lift up these names to you, even while we thank you for your many blessings and ask for your care for so many of our loved ones, you know there are some things we dare not share aloud. And so we ask now, O oh God, that you listen to us as we pray together in silence.
And now let us join together in the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now may those who are able rise as we sing our hymn of preparation, Lord, I want to be a Christian, number 402.
from Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The word of God for the people of God. How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, and the disciples were perplexed at these words, but the disciples aren't the only ones troubled by this passage. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, sorry. This passage scares us. We all know someone who we might consider rich, who we hope to see someday in God's kingdom. But what I think really scares us is that when we look at ourselves compared to the rest of the world, many of us have it pretty good. Does rich simply mean a certain amount in our bank account, or is there more to it? Am I rich? Are you rich? What does this mean then for it to be so hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, this text, I think, goes hand in hand with Proverbs 11:28, which says, "Those who trust in their riches will wither, but the righteousness will the righteous will flourish like green leaves." The problem, for the most part, is that most people that we consider to be rich put all of their trust in wealth. They will be taken care of because they're rich. They will be happy because they have money. But the righteous ones, rich or not, will put their trust in God. This idea that those who follow Christ put their trust in God is certainly not new to us. But it was a common belief in Jesus' day, despite the pleading of the prophets in Scripture, that the wealthy elite were closer to God, that their very wealth and riches were simply visible signs of their favor from God that God prefers them. And so when Jesus says how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, this shocks his disciples. Seeing their confusion, he backs up to give it some context. Children, Jesus says, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. This time he's speaking generally for all people, not just those who are rich. It's hard not just for the wealthy, but for all of us to enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus doubles down, making sure that they know the rich aren't favored by God, that they don't hold a special place in God's heart. 
It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples can't believe what Jesus is saying. This goes against what they've always assumed, that the rich are favored by God. Their minds are racing and they're thinking if even the rich can't easily get into the kingdom of God, who could possibly be saved? And so the disciples asked each other just that. Then who can be saved? And Jesus looks at them and provides the answer. For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. For mortals, for people like us, it is impossible to enter the kingdom of God on our own merits. No matter what any one of us will do, no matter how many good works we perform, we will not be permitted entry into the kingdom because of what we've done. We can't possibly do something so great that we've earned our way into heaven. It doesn't work that way. But that's the good news. With God, all things are possible. With God, I am able to have a place in the kingdom, not because of anything I've done or will do, but because God offers salvation even to a sinner like me. With God, you are able to have a place in the kingdom. And not because you've worked hard to earn that place, but because God loves you so much, he offers it to you even though you don't deserve it. With God, even the very rich can enter the kingdom because God's love extends to all people. So many of us can understandably get hung up over that one line about the camel and the needle. And it scares us into, whether, into wondering whether or not we or someone we know will have a place in God's kingdom. But I think that's just because we forget to read the whole story. We focus so much on that one line that we forget that Jesus keeps talking. And we forget that he ends that line and that lesson with a phrase, With God, all things are possible. With God, it's possible for us lowly sinners, for you and for me, to be justified by God and given a place in God's kingdom. With God, it is possible that even flawed people will make their way into paradise. And that's what our entire faith hinges on, that promise that God's love is greater than anything we can earn or anything that we even deserve. It's the entire reason we are baptized to wash ourselves clean of sin and unworthiness, and to take on the grace and worthiness of Christ. We are baptized so that we don't fall into the trap of putting our trust in money or other worldly things, but so that we put our trust and our futures in the hands of God. Whenever you hear this passage again in the future, I hope you remember that whole passage. And I hope you remember the ending. But I hope it still scares you, to be honest, at least a little bit. I hope it scares you away from putting your trust in worldly things. And I hope it scares you and reminds you to put your trust and faith in God, with whom all things are possible. Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. But how blessed are we to have a God that not only invites us in any way, but prepares a room for us. On our own, none of us would ever deserve the gift of eternal life. But God justifies us out of goodness and out of grace. A reminder that our own God incarnate in Jesus Christ has set the example of how to be good, to love beyond measure, and to give more than what is deserved. We are lucky to be in fellowship with Christ. We are fortunate to be so loved by the Father in heaven, and we are blessed to be accompanied and guided by the Holy Spirit. With God, all things are indeed possible. Amen. <coughs> Thank <laughs> you.
are able, please rise as we sing our hymn of response, The Mighty Fortress is Our God, number 110. of our own.
prayer of dedication. O Lord, our Savior, you listen to each prayer and respond to every cry. You are present by your Spirit to bring courage, comfort, and deliverance. Open our eyes to see how our church may demonstrate your love and kindness to the weakest among us. We pray through Christ your Son, who held our children gently in his arms and blessed us. Amen. Let us remain standing as we sing our closing hymn, Here I Am, Lord, number 593. place confident in the fact that our God has prepared a place in his kingdom for each and every one of us, that even though we are all flawed, we are all welcomed by the grace of God. So may the Holy Spirit be with you and among you, and bless you and guide you every day of your lives. Amen.